Are you sitting down? You sit no, down. I'm not. I Two. have to move. I have to be on the go. What work have you to do? Don't mind if you're not You've nothing to do, have you? Me? Mm. You two don't argue now, do you? You said we don't argue? Do you argue? All the time. Our day is gone. I argue. There's terrible mischief in this house. Have your tea before it's cold. Okay. So I'm talking to her. Margaret and Bridget Roach, sisters, one in her 80s, the other nearly there. They spoiled you, I heard. (laughs) (laughs) Who told you that? What are you saying? They spoiled her. So she was favoured, is she? Yeah. Why? She has all her teeth still, look. Why shouldn't I? And are you all living in the in the house here? Oh, no, no, I live are in Owlard. Joking? Oh, I see. The oh, mad enough. <laughs> Their niece Imelda's visiting. You mess in Blackgarden. Oh, no, no. I'm here because the doctor told me to. Margaret's here because the priest told her to. The doctor knows Margaret was a district nurse here in Wexford for years. She's a fascinating woman. Someone from RTE should record her, the doctor said. And I agreed. It all began pretty badly for Margaret. What was your mummy like? Mine. Never knew her. Oh, did you not? No. She died? Yeah, we were rare of men. Were you? Mm. Oh. This is how you see that, uh, I suppose we're spoiled in a way. How many girls were there? Only the two of us. And and were there brothers as well? There was a brother and he, yes, he's dead now quite a while. I was very happy as a child. Were you? Yeah. Even though you had no ma'am? Yeah. Very happy. And did anyone ever give out to you? Did anyone ever... Chastise your anthem. In my uncles and all. Hmm. They said that's the trouble. They didn't. But you didn't. You weren't wild or anthem, were you? Huh? Were you wild then as a result? Yeah. Were you? Oh no, no, we weren't wild. I tell you now, Miller's granny, she used to keep us down. Right. Down, 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 down. And what would you be doing that'd be wild? What would you want to be doing that'd be wild? Well, you'd love to go to a dance or something, but you didn't get there. Did you never go to a dance here? No, in England. When I went to England. Right. Not when I was here. You not allowed. No, you weren't allowed. And how were you supposed to meet fellas then? She didn't want to meet him. Better time without him. <laughs> <laughs> I see any of them that got him now. They're all broken up. They're all parted, aren't they? When she left school, Margaret went to train in England as a nurse in Manchester. And after her training, she worked there as a midwife and a district nurse. So it's dangerous because you're going out at night. To beat you up or anything, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen, do you? In the 1950s? Mm. The big gougers going mm. around? Because I remember the ambulance men tell me, always send for an ambulance, don't go on your own. One morning, I was coming out at four o'clock in the morning, and I met an ambulance, and I stopped it because I'd gone tired, very tired of going home, you know, and I stopped and I said, and are you having trouble? I said, no. I thought they were going to give out to me. And, and I know I said, no, I'd be in trouble. Well, they said, you're lucky because the, the, there's a crowd up on the road there now and you would have met him and they would have waylaid you. In 1954, when she was 25, she was contacted by the local priest back home. Kenneth Gall. He was Father Gall time. Come home to your sister, she's lonely. Come home. Oh, right. Yeah. And was she not married? No, none of us. 
You said you'd come home to your sister. Yeah. Did he want a district nurse in the area as well? I know you said, I know that. And how did you know you were going to get work when you came home? Bushwood was here for me. You oh. see, this job came up. This vacancy came up. Oh, I see. Hmm. But, and was loads of other people not going for it? I think, yeah, others went, but you see, I was from the place, so they gave it to me. How did you get around? Car. Right. I went on the bicycle first for a while, about three weeks or so, and then I was presented with a car. From the local. And I had my popular car. Do you ever remember the poplars? No. No, you're too young. Young 25, or were you a mature I was. 25? Well, I was 25, but by God, I had a big area on the me. Forest Town, Forest Wood, Rat Turton, Palace East, Clonroach, Ballamacassie, Ballyaden, Ballyellis, Davis Town, Courtney and uh, Mike Mine, Ballyhoe. Many of Margaret's patients refused to go to hospital to have their babies. They said they didn't like the people in the hospital. They'd rather stay at home. But in many cases, home was a grim place altogether. The first case I went on, I never forget it. It was two o'clock in the morning. I was going through Coolat. I went into this house two o'clock in the morning and the dogs kicked up such a stink. They ate the behind of me. <laughs> and I said to the man, who came who is that? What do you want? didn't know who I was, I see, so yeah. I told him. He directed me. Well, he said, you know what, you won't get up there now. And have your Wellingtons? I have. Well, put on your Wellingtons, he said. And, and you know, they were in an outhouse on his land, on this man's land. I delivered them at the outhouse. Uh, they were labourers, were they? Yeah. And they were that poor, they were living in an outhouse? Mm. At that time, God, they were living everywhere. On another occasion, Margaret was called out to a woman in labour in what she calls out offices one freezing May night. I said to the husband, will you go up to Mrs. Sichuan? They'll give you a water bottle. I won't go near him. I said, why? Because he said, I go to my mother. So he went to his mother. I had one ring, gas ring, and I was trying to air the baby clothes for the baby born. And I was trying to keep the woman walking a bit to keep the contractions going, you know. And uh, after a good while, I said, where's your husband gone? He's gone for a rest nurse. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, where did he put the hot water bottle? He brought with him. He was gone up on the oats, on the loft of the oats in his sleep. And were you a strong woman? I was. Right. Big framed. Oh, I, I used to get very rough. Did you? Well, hemorrhages and things like that with the women. Mm. 
And how would you deal with that? Do as best you could. Grab the uterus as hard as you could and try and get the injection ready. What would the injection do? It could make the uterus contract. All right. Mm. Gosh. I had I had a woman very she was a small stout woman and she just very had this large baby, you know, or she was trying to have it. And she had an impacted shoulder. The baby had an impacted shoulder? Yeah. What does that mean? I mean to stuck, I couldn't get it out, you see, it's too big. And I did everything in that thing. And nowhere to turn either. So we got a man, this farmer came in. He was a Protestant. And I said, look at I said, you're used to doing cattle and calves, will you give me a hand? And he did. He rotated and we got out. <laughs> Horrible, ain't they? No. Yeah. And, and and was was the woman terrible? I mean, she she probably didn't care who was coming. Oh in the room. no, she didn't. She wouldn't go to hospital for not for love or money. And you were twenty five years of age, and you were on your own in those kind yes, of cities. Yes, yes. But if people didn't have scans in those days, mm. and you had stuff, you know, you could be presented with a, a, a problem then in the late stages of pregnancy yeah. that you wouldn't know how to deal with, would you? I mean, well, you see, I always sense danger. Oh, did you? I did. How did you do that? Well, uh, when you go in, you would. You'd know if things wasn't right, wouldn't you? And would you have seen them before their labour? No, may not. Hmm. Tell me what you'd see that you, you, when you say it's interesting. Well, I remember going out to this farmer's place, a big farmer's place, and I went down, and the roars of her terrible, God help her. And when I went to look at her, she was all swollen. I said, oh, my God, it must have been internal hemorrhage as well, you see. So I went out to the husband. I can't give you his name even. The poor man has died suddenly, Lord have mercy on him. And uh, he said, I wonder could you get to the post office to ring the doctor. The nearest post office now is two miles. That's how we, there's no phones anywhere. I, I'd be always thinking where there's a phone, you know. Mm. Anyway... How the hell are we going to get there? He didn't drive or anything. There's no one driving in the place or anything, mm. see. So anyway, do you know what? I said, do you know what? I had a chance and I'd run to the post office. I'd go to the post office and I did. And I got her in. It was an internal hemorrhage. They did a cesarean section on her. I never forgot. And if that woman had to be lost, she was the mother of a large family at the time. Mr. Sheikens was the surgeon down there then. You ever hear him? No. Yeah, and he phoned me and he told me how lucky to get her in in time. Yeah. I remember going to a woman and she was expecting twins. I didn't know till I went in. The snow was on the ground. It's quite hard to drive in the snow. I went up anyway. Henry just coming out. And I said, oh, God, what are we going to do? I don't know, she said. She was a very off-handed woman. I liked her, you know. And uh, the twins now, I think these are, I think these are our ninth pregnancy or something, yeah. I said, you know what, Mama, we'll go to the hospital. Oh, don't, 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 oh, God, I said, we have to. And I will say this now. I don't know what you believe in religion or not. There was a sacred heart picture over our bed. I never forgot it. I said, Sacred Heart, guide me what to do. 
because we were completely isolated. And I went out to the car and I got a pound of cotton wool and I brought it in. And the place was really wet because with children trotting in out all day. With, do you know what I mean? Mm. They had the place really wet, you know. And I went down to poor thing, had nothing on her feet or anything, but we got her into the car and I brought her down. And they, they, always, they used to say, oh, God, how lucky you were. You know, she bled like anything, poor thing. But to put the blood up on her in time, you know. And were you worried she'd die in the car? I again? was very worried that she'd hemorrhage on me. And did you ever get to see those two children since? Oh, yeah. I tell you now, I used to pass them a lot on the on the road. They'd be going to school. I think they did very well. They were intelligent, you know. Yeah. Did very well. I don't know what it was about delivering babies. I had this... I used to love delivering them, you know. Mm. I said, oh, that's lovely. You know, another little baby in, you know what I mean? I tell you what, I used to have plenty of children looking in through the windows at me. You did not? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah. i go out and run away from one window and look back and be another one. <laughs> well, it's one way of learning, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, there were devils. And, and there weren't bold children at the back of it, you know. They were curious. Curious, you know, what the nurse was doing with Mammy. Yeah. Hmm. And if Mammy was roaring. Yeah. They wouldn't have heard her roaring before. No, so. no, they wouldn't. But... Uh, they were afraid she was going to damage Mammy. They were afraid they were going to do away with Mammy. Right. But... Uh, man, you can imagine going in now her to be 17 children. This would be the 18th. Mm. Mm. Well, that would be in the 1950s. Yeah. And 60s. And 70s. And did you ever feel tempted to say to the woman or the man, look at, don't you think you have your family now? Or? I used to say it to him all the time. Did you? I was never afraid to say it. And did they curse you for saying it or how did they? Not at all. <coughs> to say, would you think so? Or to say, yeah, I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's only such a guess. And what about contraception? Did you, were you um... I used to send them in droves down to Dr. O'Driscoll. He was the head obstetrician down in Wexford. And he, he was able to give it out, was mm. he? He was able to prescribe for him. But you had to be married to get it or something, did you? No, you wouldn't. Did you not? No. That's news to me now. Mm. What about all the fuss during the 80s about the pill and the machines and everything? I don't mind it. Yeah, I used to send them down wholesale anyway. Margaret and Bridget were a team. While Margaret looked after the nursing and food relief in the area, Bridget minded the house and animals. She also took calls for Margaret, good and bad. They'll come down after you, they'll come after you. What would they say to you? They'll break your the neck. They would not, would they? Yeah. Over what? Over food for children and things, everything. Tablets and everything. You see, you're not allowed to give out this and that and the other. You go by the book, you know. And they'd come down cursing at your... Mm. She used to get the blunt of it, because I wouldn't be here. And they wouldn't know one of them from the other. When we were younger, they didn't know it. Oh, I see. Mm. You're listening to Flux with Ronan Kelly. On this programme, Margaret Roach, former district nurse and midwife. 
So there's Margaret. She's trying to manage the labour. She's trying to keep the other children out. The unfortunate woman is roaring. Maybe she's using a little bit of bad language. And then oftentimes, at some stage during the labour, she'll take Margaret by the hand and squeeze it. God, I say, no, so you're queer. Look, you never got married. <gasps> then they'd be pressing on me and tell me the truth. And I'd say, yes, thanks be to God. And what, what was the truth? They tell you everything. Give me an example. About their husbands. They were devils, they were rough, they were this, they were that. Everything. All right. And had you no interest in romance, no? Ah, yeah, sure, we used to have them and we'd uh, let him down the next night and things like that, you know. Did you? <laughs> that was cruel. Well, you see, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't go boys. Yes, but I did. Yes, I did go boys. Tell me about these poor fellas that you let down. Who were they? Oh, sure, they'd be local fellas, you see. They'd be after and you'd square, you'd make a day with them and you'd go all right and then you'd let them down the next time. But what we used to do when I was in England... I'd give him a different name to what I'd be, what you'd be. If you meet a fellow at the mm. dance? You meet at the dance. And was there nobody caught your eye at all, no? No. No. I never thought, I wasn't that strange. How was it? I don't know. I neither. Never thought I'd get married. Life was too good. I was selfish. Oh, yeah? Hmm. Why is it selfish not to get married? Well, you see, I didn't want to waste my time with a man when I could be travelling around the world, did I? Hmm. And were you attracted to men? Not necessarily, no. Were you attracted to women? No. No? God, no. Surely wasn't attracted to women. And was your sister of the same mind then? I say she was. She probably was, you know. Hmm. And your brother then, when he died, what age was he? Fifties. So did he get married? Mm. All right. Yeah. Maybe he has sense. I don't know. Why is it? Tell me again. Why it's selfish not to get married? Why do you say you're selfish? Well, you see, you you, you want all the time to yourself. You don't want to spend anything you have on anyone else and all that. And that is. Mm. I think you had people pulling out of you all day long, though. Mm. Didn't you? I mean, you were you were given all day long, weren't you? When when I was uh, single. Yeah. No, but when you were working in your work. Yeah, but sure, if you're married to say. Yeah. But you must have been exhausted at the end of the day, were you? I used, yeah. Who would you want to get married for? Find, well, like find a crowd. But you, what about intimacy and sex and all that kind of thing and no. companionship and? No. Never thought of sex. That's dirty word. Yeah. But you, you, did you have to teach people about it in school and things like that? And you just tell them right from wrong as best you could, the young girls on the district, if you're me, they're talking to them around, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and did somebody teach you about it? Hammered into me. <laughs> what was hammered into you? Stay away from boys? Yeah. But the boys didn't always stay away from Margaret. She got one month's holidays every year. And for some of that month, herself, her sister Bridget and two other female companions would travel. What were the four of you like? Oh, we used to have rides her. 
Well, we're in Spain now and places like that. Yeah, we're in Spain a lot, you know. I tell you where it was a lot too, in Venice. Were you? Hmm. Was that nice? Yeah. Were you ever in Venice? Never was. Were you not? No. I went to Venice when I was about 27 years of age, I'd say. We went into this hotel. I give you the hotel now too, to my papa. And by God, did they pinch our bottoms? Leave me alone. <laughs> they did not. Yeah. What about? And did you pull out of them? Oh, boom, leave me alone. Wish the wolf with the handbags and please. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you didn't. You were a long way from Enniscorthy then, weren't oh, you? Oh, yeah. I wish that right fun. Who would you want to get married for? We went to America. Yeah. And we went to, uh, I went to Jerusalem. Mm, we're in Rome. We got chased a lot there too, I can tell you. Did you? Mm, you would. Who are they now going down the road? I'm trying to know who they are. While we're talking, Margaret is glancing out the window, taking in who's walking down the lane outside the house. No. There was a time she would have known everyone and delivered many of them. Who's going up the road now? I know <laughs> She says, I'm not bragging, but she never lost a woman or a child. She says it was luck more than anything else. She never caught TB either. What she did get from her time as a district nurse was perspective. A long, long view on life. Someone called her lately and they were talking about a 12-year-old girl who had just become pregnant. And you put her, you sent her grandmother away for keeps, you know. What did that mean, you sent her away? I, do, uh, I remember then when she told me to, to uh, what do you call it, in Cork. A home in Cork, you know. Oh, right. Because she needed protection. From what? From the ma- male beasts all around. The men. So, now. Um, what was the home in Cork? That's for my mother. Oh, I see. Hmm. With her perspective, Margaret knows, for example, that there was antisocial behaviour in Ireland long before prime time. I had to have my number changed. Did you? Hmm. They made me be on the phone to, oh, God, you're lovely. Oh, we'd love to be with you tonight. And all this. I said, fake the whole lot, you know. My number went. Didn't you, Melda? Yeah, you did change your number. She knows that not everyone's old age is good. Old men and women living together, fight like mad, yeah. you know. And you go in, and he say, "There's some about the hunters, this, this, that, that." She said, "But but there's some about him. Get him out of here." All this. Type of thing. <laughs> right. Margaret's had illness. And what kind of patient were you? Very quiet, inoffensive, nice. Lay yeah. down all day and I worried about. Why are they all laughing? Because they know I'm not. And she to question every tablet she's on, everything they give her. Well, you're right to. Hmm. Yeah. She has a Toyota parked outside that she'd like to be out in soon. Trips to Dublin, she misses. All right. What would you do if you went to Dublin? Buy clothes. Would you? Hmm. What kind of clothes would you get? Where would you? I'd love a nice spring suit now. And where where would you go for the spring suit? Arnott's. Arnott's? Hmm. All right. I like buyers. Brown Thomas is all right, but you're high go there. 
When she was working, those trips to Dublin were important. I went about every six or seven weeks anyway, just to, to keep sane, to, 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 to keep normal. And the Dublin trips were shared. As herself and Bridget were spoiled, so they spoiled their young relations. And we'd have our best clothes on. We'd be brought down here in the morning. Debt collectors brought down, head, headed on to Dublin and... Yeah. And we go to Arnott's and Switzer's. They were the only two shops I knew in Dublin. Mm. We come back then and we go to the Montrose for our dinner. We were only tots, yeah. And what did you, you bought clothes in Arnott's and Switzer's, did you? They bought clothes yeah, and they'd buy for us as well. Yeah. Oh, right. The best. <laughs> yeah. Only the best. What telling them now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah it's lovely. And mm. they're the memories I have, lovely memories. Well, listen, thanks for that. No, doll, thank you. There was a privilege I enjoyed to meet it. you. Did you? Hmm. What did you think of when I made you the answer? You said, yeah, Mrs. or Miss. <laughs> Mrs. <Mr. laughs> I said, What was that? Say, say that again to me. I said to you. You said to me, are you a Mrs. or Miss? And I said, I missed everything. And you said, we'll find that out. <laughs> I thought it was so you think I'm an awful you. Yeah. That's the programme. Thank you for listening. The email address is flux at rte.ie. That's flux at rte.ie or you can write to myself, Ronan Kelly, RTE Radio 1, RTE Dublin 4.